Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. Go ahead and subscribe and you'll get each new episode as soon as it goes live. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 2, Episode 68. Summer's here in the Northern Hemisphere, and we're all heading off to vacations and leadership retreats. You may not know this, but there's a real downside to retreats, unless you do it right. In this Business Impact Series episode, we get into insights and ideas about leadership retreats, and leadership in general, from David Veach, founder and CEO of Leader Sites and clandestine travel. And yes, founding those two companies is intentional. David served proudly as an officer in the U.S. Army for 20 years and then built a career focused on two things, building engaging and productive workplace cultures and achieving balance, joy, and wisdom through multicultural travel. Listen and learn how to eliminate the downside of the leadership retreat. Why the mirror test is the leader's key to solving workplace problems and how the servant leader mentality boosts loyalty and retention. Let's listen to this insightful conversation with David Veach, founder and CEO of Leader Sites and Clandestine Travel. Well, hello, David, and welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. Hi, Tara. Happy to be here. This is very, very exciting. Thank you. I'm happy to have you here today, too. Um, you know, we know that people are are stressed out because of all the uncertainty that we have. We can see it in the workforce. We can see it in, then at home. And the thing that often happens when you're in a stressful situation is it becomes the norm, and you don't even realize how stressed you are. And I think that's when you really get into trouble because you don't even realize, say, that the best thing you could do is to take a break, right? You can't even feel the stress. You can't even feel, you know, the anxiety of it or however it manifests for you. And then people really get in trouble. So I know you know a lot, uh, you know, you have background in that. I know you're an operations guy in general, and you have really great um, experience in terms of helping 
people work things out from an operation standpoint. So I'd really love to ask you, you know, can you tell us what you're seeing and hearing as you talk with different people, um, you know, about these kinds of things? And then if you would share your insights on those and, and then let us get to some kind of concrete strategies that people can use to to manage a bit of this, um, you know, this, this stress that comes from the uncertainty. Yeah. Uh- well, we are constantly bombarded with bad news. Um, the market's up and down and crazy. The war in Ukraine, um, gas prices going through the roof. Um, and then we've, we're in the middle of this big job migration. They, they've been calling it the great resignation, but it's more like a migration because people aren't really quitting. They're just moving to another job. They've got more courage now. Uh, but what's happening is in the companies that people are leaving, the remainder, the, the survivors of the remaining people, um, they're short staffed now and they can't keep up with all the work. And that is incredibly stressful for so many people. Yeah. And like you said, if, if that goes on, if that persists for a little while, then that becomes the norm for work and we don't even notice what's going on. Uh, and that's when we need to recognize the need to take care of each other. Yeah. You so know, we need leaders to step up first right. and recognize that this is what's happening to people and they need to insist on taking breaks. They need to look at the actual work that they're doing. And if there's, if there's a way to improve the process, fix that process. If you need any help, I know a hundred people you can call for that. Uh-huh, <laughs> um, uh-huh. But we fix the processes so the work can be done with fewer people. We make people take breaks. We schedule people's time off so they get decent vacations. Uh, and then we provide resources to them to help deal with all the rest of the stress uh, so that when they go home, at least they can get a, a decent night's sleep without having right. to worry about everything that's coming tomorrow. So true. And, and isn't that a big part of the problem, too, that the, the line between home and work has gotten blurrier than ever, right? It was, it was, it was getting blurry before, but it's, it's worse than ever because so many people are working from home or, you know, on some kind of hybrid sort of thing. Uh, so, uh, and I love the way you, you say the great migration. Uh, that's, that's a really nice, um, that gives me a really nice visual of what's going on. Um, to, to, you know, really, really good terminology on that there. So then good. Tell, you know, tell us a little bit. And I know, um, I know in terms of, of your background, I know you do have um, some military background. And so you have an, a unique view on uh, when we, when we tell people, you know, Oh, take a break, or we'll even say, why don't you take a weekend retreat or something like that? You have some really unique thoughts on that. Can you get us a little, uh, give us a little of, of your thinking on that? Yeah, many companies every year um, decide that they're going to take uh, a retreat. And they'll go off-site for a couple of days with their executive team, usually. Um, the, the rest of the folks don't usually get to do that, but the executive team gets to go off. But what we want to be able to do at that kind of event is, is not just focus on planning for the future and all that. That's important. We have to do that. But it, it's also a time that we got to actually recharge our batteries. So in, instead of just a retreat, which as a military man, a retreat is going backwards, losing. Yeah. I want to do that. I want to go and I want to recharge. 
so yeah. that we can come back and go forward instead. And so yeah. when you're planning these kinds of activities, um, and that's one of the things that I'm, I want to end up doing more of, you've got to have leisure activities in there as well as the hardcore work. Because again, if you just focus on the hardcore work, you're out of balance. And if, if you're out of balance, there's just too much stress on the frame and too much stress on everything. Yeah. Um, and so we have to recognize the need to, to rebalance at regular intervals of time uh, and again, if we're not doing it by ourselves, then we need people to help us do that. And first helper is the leader. The leader's got to be able to recognize that. And I really put the burden on leaders. Uh, if you're not going out and checking on your people, and that was the thing that was drilled into us in the army as officers, uh, nobody worked for us. Okay. We worked for our soldiers. It mm. was our responsibility to make sure they had everything that they needed not just to survive but to thrive and and so that has carried through in all of my experience with with organizations of all sizes those leaders who adopt that servant leader mentality and recognize that they're there to serve the needs of their people always do better at helping people schedule that regular time off and balancing that work so that you're not doing the same crappy job all day every day mm -hmm. these are the same guys who recognize that um the job is not the job forever okay the job you can change the job um if your job you find a lot of people burning out and leaving and quitting that job it's probably because it needs to be redesigned yeah and if you understand the principles of what what goes into job satisfaction what makes people satisfied and engaged at work you can actually design work to promote that Mm. and it's not that hard yeah yeah that's a great idea right if, if, if you do have something that you know is is not contributing to that sense of accomplishment and that good feeling for an employee look and see if it can be redesigned look at what the end goal is and sort of work backwards from there to redesign it uh to go back to the earlier point where you talked about you know recharge and that need for balance and how it really has to come from the leader, I think that's such a critical point. And I think it's a tough one because if you think, uh, like at least from my angle of sleep performance, um, there are still so many people who hang on to the idea of, uh, you know, sleep is a waste of time or I can get by. So there's a real I can shift. Sleep when I'm dead. Yeah, exactly. And I always say you're going to get there a lot faster <laughs> if you don't, you know? A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. Uh, but so there's there's an opportunity for real growth for leaders here to say, you know, this is something that if you really do want your organization to thrive during these times, it has to come from you. And, and it may be a good time to start examining your own beliefs and find that balance of, the, you know, the work life balance and, and uh, figure out what you're doing that is allowing you to recharge and, and what you're doing that's not. <laughs> and then really get that balance back. Awesome. So can you give us, you know, if you think about the things that you mentioned there, um, can you put those into some con concrete strategies that leaders could say, you know what? Yeah, that's something I could do like starting today, really, if I needed to. Okay. Well, look in the mirror first thing. <laughs> and if there are problems at work, 
you're looking at the person who's causing it. <laughs> Whether you really are causing it or not, it's your responsibility to fix that stuff. Mm. So if you want to change a job, it's easy to break that job up into smaller pieces. There are always crappy parts of jobs and good parts of jobs. And there's always a competition because the people know which are the good jobs. There's a competition to go to the good job and leave some underling less important person to do the crappy job. We realize that nobody's an unimportant person. So we split both of those up and kind of rotate people through. Mm -hmm. So we get a good balance of, of good work for a good period of time and a little bit of the crappy job. And we spread that crappy job wealth around. Very right? interesting. Yeah. To really, uh, it, potentially no one would mind doing those crappy parts if it's a, a defined amount of time and then they know exactly. they're going to get to the other thing. So that that's a really interesting idea and, uh, and definitely one that I could see being implementable. So awesome. In yeah. offices, though, where you don't see, where you don't really have the opportunity to move around to different positions. In manufacturing, it's easy. We do job rotation, work different muscle groups. If you're stuck in a cubicle all day, that is a huge contributing factor as well. So we've got we've to make these things open and airy. We've got to get people out and moving around a lot. And the, we talk about leaders doing uh, what we call in the lean world, a gimbal walk. So the Gimba is the real place. It's a place where the value is created, where the work is actually done. And um, it's the place where problems occur and where problems are solved, but it's leaders have to deliberately go out there and interact with the people doing the work. Mm -hmm. So they can be sensitive to who's starting to frazzle out, who needs to get up out of their chair, who needs to go get a break, who needs to play a game of foosball or basketball or tiddlywinks, whatever you want to whatever do, just take your brain away from the task at hand. Yeah. Because we struggle a lot with problems. Um, we, we're, I mean, our job is every day uh, we encounter these problems and we got to solve these problems. So we burn a lot of cognitive energy on those problems. And sometimes we get stuck on them and that gets really frustrating. Yeah. And all it takes sometimes is just pop out, take a walk, do something different, read something different, go to a museum, and when you come back, you're going to have a totally different yes. perspective on that problem and you'll be able to knock that thing Oh, out. I can completely agree with that. I remember one time when I was working on a really big kind of creative sort of thing and I was absolutely stuck and didn't know, you know, what direction to take it or just, it was like a, like a, a become like a muddle in my head. And I was like, you know what? I know I need to get this done, but I'm not getting anywhere. I'm going rollerblading. And I, I put on some Jane's addiction, which is probably the antithesis of the work that I was doing, you know, and I just went and, you know, rollerbladed for a couple of miles with this music in my head, got back, took the skates off, sat down in my car and I was like, oh, oh, and it had, it, it just came to me exactly when I needed to. So I totally agree. Getting that break is, is Excellent. critical. Awesome. Well, I love, I love both of those strategies. So David, as we wind up here, I always like to ask each guest two questions. Uh, first is what would you put on a billboard? Uh, what message would you like to get out to people? I, I think the most important lesson that, that we can share is, is this one. Uh, it says, love, learn, and let go. Mm. And those are simply three decisions that, that leaders need to make every day. Yeah. And leaders don't necessarily have to be the ones with the leadership position. If you are someone who gets things done in the organization, if you're someone that, who people turn to for advice and help, you're a leader. 
So we want people to, to love. Uh, that means put the other people's needs above your own. Uh, we want people to go out and learn every day, which pushes those leaders into the Gimba so they can learn what kind of problems their people are having so they can provide the resources to help. And then to let go, because once you've made a plan and once you've allowed somebody to succeed at work, there's no reason for you to come back around and make sure they're doing it. Mm. Just back off. Micromanagement is the biggest complaint for people. So just back off and let go. Trust that your people are going to do what they have to do. Yeah. If you are a typical control freak, like many of us are, um, you might need a system that you can put in place so that it can satisfy your needs to feel like you're in control while you're still giving everyone yeah. else the feeling that they are in control. Beautiful. And that feeling of being in control in the workplace ties very specifically to things like uh, people's willingness to try new things, uh, people's willingness to improve their own workspace, and people's willingness to persist through any kind of obstacles or failure that they encounter. Yeah, yeah it's like that sense of autonomy leads to all of that, uh, those good things. And when you kind of, you know, tamp that down because of your control needs, it really has, you know, it's like a ripple effect that's huge. Awesome. Okay. And then last question for you, how would people connect with you? Where would they find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. I, I don't know for sure, but I might be the only David Veach uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> my In my profile, it's just David Veach, uh, one word. You can find that on LinkedIn uh, or you can send me an email. My email is there at the, on my box. Uh, it's david.veach at clandestinetravel.com. I'm starting to focus more on the travel business because I needed some balance. I'm yeah. kind of stepping away from the consulting and coaching and I'm, I'm helping people achieve that balance and joy and gain a little wisdom yeah. by, by traveling because we, we experience so many different things on traveling. So clandestinetravel.com yeah, or visit the website. Beautiful. And I think it's a great focus because so many people are in need of finding that, that ability to recharge and travel does that so beautifully for us. Cause it, you know, it's like, like I said about the rollerblading, it got me away. <laughs> so travel is even a longer term getaway. So, so perfect. So Tara, when's your next vacation? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, David. I appreciate you coming on to the counterfeit sleep podcast today to talk with us. Thanks a lot, Tara. It was a lot of fun. A high-performance workforce starts with high-performance sleep. Do you know how your workforce measures up? Find out today. Take the Sleep Performance Assessment. Learn more at hypersleep.com. That's H-I-P-E-R sleep.com. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.